Hi, this is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and this is the Midwest Monsters Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny. High air conditioning can't even keep up here in July in sunny Muncie, Indiana, as we visit, revisit, a summer film franchise known as Jaws. Maybe you've heard of it, but Professor and I covered it uh, years ago with Mad Chan. And now uh, with Vinny and Todd hanging out on the podcast, we thought it'd be fun to revisit it, hear some of their insights about it, revisit <clears throat> any ideas that we have that may have changed. So, Jaws in general, uh, opening thoughts or comments? Um, I've, I feel like Jaws, as weird as it sounds, it's a movie I don't ever remember watching for the first time. I feel like I've always seen it my whole life. You were um, born with that. I, well, I was, so it, Jaws came out before I did. Um, and probably by the time I remember watching movies, it was already on TV. And Jaws was, I mean, Jaws is still kind of a huge movie. So back then, like, it was an event when it was on television. So um, I don't, I just don't remember that first viewing, but Jaws to this day sticks with me. So um, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, I love revisiting the franchise at least once a year, usually around summertime. So um, I feel like the the original movie has just always been a, a staple for as long as I can remember. I don't. I ne- I didn't see Jaws until I was a late teenager, early twenties, and this is because the adults around me had built this movie up <laughs> so much of how terrifying it was. That as a kid, I purposely avoided watching this movie. Because I didn't want to have the shit scared out of me. The way all these grown-ups around me were talking about how scared they were by it. I knew I wouldn't be able to handle it because I was just a kid. So I avoided it forever. Um, So when I finally did watch it, obviously uh, it didn't have the effect that I had feared as a child. Still a scary movie, nonetheless. But it didn't scar me for life the way I was afraid it was going to. But I probably didn't see it until I was in my early 20s, late teens. This was my first, uh, I guess you could call it modern horror film. I'd watch the Universal movies and then this. And I, I won't dwell too much on that stuff because I mentioned it on our previous episode. Um, but I will share again my favorite story, which is I can remember even where I was standing when my dad asked me, are you ready to watch Jaws? Do you, do you really want to check it out? And I said, no. No, I don't. 
And he goes, ah, you've been wanting to see it. Let's watch it. And my response was, mom will punch me in the stomach. I thought I was going to get in trouble, which, by the way, mom has never hit me. But it was my funny way of dealing Blink with it. Blink twice if I you thought, need help. Yeah, help. But I, it was, uh, that was my first introduction into modern explicit horror. Now, obviously, I would go on to see much more explicit things than, than this. The aim of this movie isn't to be kind of steeped in gratu- gratuitous anything yeah um it's it's much more about storytelling and the acts that they have within it but i just think it's one of the most important american movies ever made um, i do remember though that I, even though i had shark jaw shark that i used at bath time that my grandmother had got me when she was on vacation right yeah, yeah nice. it's just it created the uh summer blockbuster and it is the perfect example of, and I, I know I referenced this the first go-around, movie magic. This is the best example there is in in the face of adversity, figuring it out. And none of the problems that that film had matters when you watch it. Because the storytelling is so good. And the, create, the creativity that went into the solutions serviced what needed to happen to where it doesn't feel like a weakness. And so while it's not a perfect film, it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just, to me, it's it's a bona fide classic. There's not many films that you can put up in that tier with Jaws and the importance that it had to American cinema, especially in the horror realm. Oh, yeah. Well, wasn't this uh, one of the first movies, too, where they like actually went out into the ocean and filmed? The, the first. Okay. This is the first movie filmed out, on, out, out at sea. Those are always on, you know, in tanks, filmed sure. on backlots before. Sure. And they, they laughed at Spielberg when he mentioned it. He's like, no, we, we got to be real with it. He would go on to regret that, but it it pays off for the I don't viewer. think Jaws would feel the same if it was filmed in a tank. Not at all. No. I agree. No. You were out there with the characters. But yeah, those are, those are my just general thoughts about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I couldn't tell you the first time I watched Jaws. It, uh, not trying to copy Hot Toddy here, but I couldn't tell you. It's just collectively in my conscious. Um, what I do remember, I'm pretty sure I probably saw Jaws 3D first, because um, that's what my earliest memories are, is when uh, they aired it on network television, and you could get your 3D glasses through like Pepsi or Coke. You know, If you bought a case, you got 3D glasses, and you could watch Jaws 3D on network television. And I remember that was a big deal for me as a kid. So my earliest memory, Jaws 3D, but Jaws is ingrained in my brain. Couldn't tell you when. But I think Jaws is a perfect movie. I know people argue with me on that, but I think Jaws is a perfect movie. Not the perfect movie, but I think it's a perfect movie. I think it has everything you want in a film. And it's just pure magic. I think you'd be hard-pressed to, to name a movie that has... <clears throat> such a heavy horror element to it that combines adventure as well as this does. Um, it's it's just so epic in its storytelling, even with the score kind of feeding the, you the cues as it goes along. There's really not many things like this in the genre and the movies that we talk about on this podcast. This is kind of its own thing. I mean, it's it's just big. Yeah. So uh, as we journey through these films... Um, you know, if you want in-depth analysis, go back to the last episode. We're not going to have to hit dates and de- maybe dates, but we don't need details. We don't need uh, all the actors or anything like that. We're just going to kind of hit you with what we like about the films, what 
may be lacking in some of the films and uh, what uh, what makes Jaws great as a franchise, period. And to put it uh, in perspective, we last recorded on this uh, just a little over, it aired a little over five years ago. That's when it aired. We yeah, and we recorded it. it even earlier than that. Doesn't yeah. feel like we've been doing that this long, but that is episode 26 if you want to go back and hear uh, especially a heavy emphasis on factoids. There is a lot of trivia on the original episode Lots that is there. Lots of trivia. An excessive amount, one could say. But we're that going, is there if you're interested. We're in going that. more for emotion this time. Yes, more about our experience as viewers. Once more with feeling. All right, so uh, let's talk about the first Jaws. What do you like about it? What makes it magic for you? Uh, well, here's the thing. For this viewing, I couldn't find it, so I got Orca instead. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know. This movie, I don't even know where to begin with it because so much, like you guys said, you know, said it's a perfect movie and it really is just the way it's shot, the soundtrack. I'll guarantee you that there are children today who have never seen Jaws, but no, I guarantee you. Uh, that's pretty amazing for a movie that was made in 19, what, 75 to still in 2019 kids who have never seen it know that. Um, number one, it's like psycho. Yeah. Number one opening of the movie. You will never, ever, 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 ever catch me swimming in the ocean at night. That is never going to happen. It gives me anxiety. Every time I see that scene. It even begins for me being around people who play acoustic guitars on the beach. Like, I just wouldn't (laughs) be there at all. (laughs) Y'all saw about the nice women. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, but that, that gives me anxiety when I get into the movie immediately and they go out into the water and it's nighttime. I'm already kind of like, oh, man. Like, and then that first kill, just the movement of Swinging her, oh forth. man, it's so effective. And again, we've talked on previous podcasts about, you know, about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that kind of thing where I, I sound like an old man, but it's, it was better when things were left to your imagination. Mm. And that's. Perfectly illustrates, you know, with what happened with this film. Yeah. And the measures that they had to take for malfunctions with the shark yeah. and other things. Picture what that, that movie would have been had we seen all the things they wanted well, us to you see. You can. It's uh, two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think people forget, too, that Jaws is actually, it, it was a B-movie horror film. That's, that's all it was intended to be. Um, and then just when things didn't work. They became inventive. Um, I think even before the movie started, though, because I know the uh, the novel was left out quite a bit. So t- to me, um, I probably read the novel uh, when I was a teenager for the first time. But just reading the book, um, just the changes that were made. So um, why it's a great book, I think if they carried the book into the film without the changes, no one would like it because the characters were all so unlikable, all of them. Um, um, I just went blank on her name, but Ellen Brody has the affair with Hooper. Um, mm. 
uh, Brody's character is just like like they basically hate each other. Um, there, there's no likability on well, any you, other. And you also have opposite uh, results at the end. Yeah, Lord Hooper and Quint. Yeah, Quint, uh, which is five in a lot of languages. <laughs> it's true. Continue. So, uh, like, like even uh, the, I will say the the ending of the book is kind of fine because. Uh, so the shark, uh, the shark is impaled, and it just—I think it describes it as just falling down into the, like the dark depths of the ocean. Um, of course, Hooper dies in the book. Um, so there's some cool changes from the film. Again, just the characters alone, if, and the right ones, yeah, they're better for the movie. Yeah, had which which I, they intended Hooper to die in the film, but because of the uh, them shooting them filming the shark attacking the cage and it getting stuck while no one was in the cage made him rethink the death, and I think it works better. Um, the, the character, that was the brilliant choice was to leave out all the drama and, and carry on like the adventure and make the characters. Um, I don't have a huge issue with CGI as much as I feel like a lot of times it's, uh, it's used for laziness where I don't care what people say to me. The shark looks real enough. The shark does not look fake. Uh, when you're, if, if you saw it on a back lot, then yes. But when you're watching the film, you're into the movie, you don't care everything they did, uh, the shark, not all the things they had to go around it. So when the shark didn't work, uh, I know the opening shot was to show the shark eat um, Chrissy, and it didn't work. Better the way, it and is. it's better. It absolutely. is. It's, it's absolutely especially at night. Not not only that, but the fact that uh, you get a glimpse of the shark when he um, when he eats the the guy that's uh, that helps that basically saves Mike Brody in the yeah. in the pond. So you see the the shark opening its mouth underwater. You don't see it above. The fact that you don't see the shark until like 50 minutes in. Um, and then John Williams' score, which I know when he turned it in, Steven Spielberg laughed because he was like, all right, where's the score? Because uh, John Williams had said he wanted something uh, primal. And so it was. it's a basic score. And but- it also works for uh, the way, to me, the way sound travels underwater. Somehow he was able to come up with something that works for that environment as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, well and also, uh, you know, I, I've seen this movie so many times, and it probably wasn't till later on, and it was pointed out to me, but I never thought about it because it was just there. But the theme of Jaws only plays when he's there. Mm-hmm. So the scene where the kids are pretending to be the shark, the music's not playing. Yeah. So um, the fact that, and, and I think people are just, uh, they joke about like, dumb idiots you can't get out of the water you don't hear the music but again as you watch the movie and even on repeat viewings when you hear the music you're like oh fuck get out of the water um i think it also shows an influence of the creature from the black lagoon oh yeah with the music when the creature is when the, the underwater shots around, the underwater sure. shots yeah but and you know with something like that Let's say you're out on the ocean, you're attacked by a shark, you're not going to see it coming for the most not part. Not at all. You're not going to see much of that event, including when you go down into it. And so I think that's why so much of the film is effective, even with the opening credits and the point of view swimming around down there. It's because it's tapping into that unknown. Because the ocean is not ours. The land is ours. This is where we belong. That is theirs. Yep. And so when you get a big-ass creature like that that can chew us up quick... To have it kind of coming from their perspective is not only dirt cheap in comparison to running the the shark in front of you on the camera, but it's effective. And I think that right from the get-go, the the kind of tapping into that just gets the viewer going. 
and it's and it's effortless. It's not something you think about. Like when those credits start, you don't go, "Oh, they're really getting me in the mood by showing me the point of view from the shark." It's just you're there. It, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, that's what's so great about this film is that the genius of Spielberg, who had not become who he would become, everything pushed to the forefront because he had the vision and the creativity in the face of any adversity they had. And I think that's what makes this movie so special. And there's really not many like it because you can go throughout the history of horror films and pick different kind of, uh, you know, benchmarks and important films. Psycho, for instance, Psycho had its struggles and Hitchcock put himself on the line for that film. His career was more on the back end. And in a lot of ways that movie kind of, put him in tougher standing for the remainder of his career. But my point is, is he still had some clout. Mm -hmm. This didn't. And this really birthed one of the greatest directors that would go on to be that we've ever had. And so I, you know, just, I don't want to be long winded about it, but I just Uh, think those elements where you tap in to the perspectives of the shark is what makes this movie so scary. Well, and I don't think enough can be said about whoever cast these three main roles in this movie. Yes. And this movie would not be the movie. Can you can you imagine what Jaws would be like if you took away Quint's story about the SS Indianapolis? Which is one of the highlights of the film. Well, if you were to take that scene out, the movie does not have the same gravity. That scene to me makes that film. If you took right? that out, if you if you cast uh Scheider with uh Charlton Heston, or uh, was it uh, was it Paul Newman? There were so many names kicked around. But if you made if you made him a known hero, where when you watch the movie, really, I mean, you he's very likable. Uh, and he's the, believable is what he's supposed he's, to he's be. He's believable, but he's not. When you're watching it, you realize he's not the hero right. until he has to be the hero. Yep. Had a, had you known from the beginning, it's a hero. Uh, today they would have the Rock playing him. And so you'd be like, okay, this is garbage. But even uh, down to like having so many locals cast as like the characters in the film, um, I think this movie just did so many like unconventional. Like the whole movie was unconventional. Like they filmed it really in the ocean. Uh, most of the like a lot of the main characters, uh, not main characters, but uh, like Alex Kittner and a lot of the fishermen and stuff were all people from Martha's Vineyard. Um, that's not, I mean, you get, you get locals in films, but not like, not like they did in this. Yeah. Notable roles in this. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, they found Martha's Vineyard, uh, was like, had never had any, nobody had really filmed there. Like it was just, it was completely unconventional to where when the movie was done, not only was it believable, but I think anybody that watches this movie, I'm going to be honest, like when I'm in the ocean, I, even if I'm not thinking of a Jaws at some point, it, it pops in my head. I was I was in Hawaii and I uh, I was trying to take some underwater pictures and I was following these scuba divers underneath me. I was just on the surface. When I came up, uh, I had went around a rock and no one was near me. And instantly, I heard the damn jaws seem in my head and was like, "You need to get back to uh, to safety." Um, I could swim in a lake and still think of uh, think of jaws and be like, "Should I should I be out here?" <laughs> Um, so it's, it's not only is it a great film, the first blockbuster, the first hundred million dollar movie, um, it was just the first for a lot of things, but I think a lot of it was because all these movies 
you know, before we're filmed this way or that way and Steven Spielberg came in and, and it just totally changed things. So I don't know. I think the movie's definitely very impactful, especially for uh, how many B horror films can you say went on to, to, to do this. And it wasn't the first, cause I mean, the exorcist came out a few years before. And so, so horror was big, but um, you know, the fact that it was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Or like, how about the fact that this is a horror movie that takes place mostly in broad daylight? Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you guys saying that none of you like this? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Didn't care for it. This is the last recording. I just want to say two things. One, I don't think I emphasized enough in the last episode how much of a jerk the mayor of the town is. <laughs> Murray Hamilton. Uh... How come you're not in the water? Get in the water. <laughs> you know, like forcing these people to get in the water. Uh, Which, you know, then, and, and the book, they have, like, the, the mafia backstory, but I'm like, it didn't even need, like, he's just a, I feel like that's, that. there's that, that asshole character in a lot of films now to where even in a, the newer Ghostbuster movie, which is probably the best line in the movie, is when she calls him the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and we have the scene later in the film where he says, I've got kids too. Really? And and uh, he's uh, he's an asshole. Plain and simple. Uh, Vinny, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, wait, he's eating ch- chips somewhere. Um, I, the only other thing I was going to say too... <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Um, I just love that iconic image of Quint in the bow of the ship as the sun's going down, looking back at him, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting there, the boat's just going up and down and he's looking back at him like he well, makes a movie. Yeah. There, there's a lot of strong moving parts, but he's, he's the, what elevates it. Um, obviously certainly noticeably absent in things that follow. Well, yeah. Um, Everybody's seen this movie. We don't need to go through the full summary. Is there any other highlights that we want to talk about uh, from the film? Was, moments that you particularly like? I was going to mention a couple moments that are not in the film that uh, has that I've recently. So the one's a deleted scene that I've seen a while back, but it's the um, again, it's it's the the scene where they're in the the pond, and uh, I don't know who he was, the Boy Scout leader, whoever. But um, I guess I hadn't seen it till. Uh, maybe like the one of the special anniversary editions, but Jaws is carrying the guy in his mouth and he has Mike Brody in his arms. So and this, all his blood's coming out of his mouth. It's pretty disturbing to where they even were like, they had to get rid of the scene to make it uh, PG again. PG 13 didn't exist back then. Um, that, and just recently they had released a bunch of photos from uh, around the set. And the other one that's just disturbing to me is the Alex Kittner scene. And it shows Jaws, where it's like where, where yeah, it. his mouth is completely open on the surface, and Alex Kittner yeah. is going in his mouth. That it's is like so disturbing. Terrifying. But I loved like as much as I'm like it would be interesting if they did those scenes in the film. I think it's better the way it is because I will say, as a kid, seeing a little boy die in the water like he did, that, that I was like, I, I didn't even want to go swimming in a in a lake. There are many things in my movie watching experience that I can think of more than when I saw that for the first time that made me actually filled with terror. It's like, that kid's really getting... (laughs) That's always... That's rough as a parent to watch when the mother comes up. 
Yeah. Uh, that's as a parent. And everybody's yourself... up on the shore and safe and yeah. there's just one woman looking. Well, and then the, the scenes that follow were just as heavy because again, you know that Brody wanted the beach closed. He wanted to protect everybody and that he's got to take all the shit because they opened the beach and her son died. And just the scene where she just like slaps him. Uh, and I think that's what makes the movie too is, is it's something I gripe about with a lot of modern, modern horror films is number one, unlikable characters, but um, it seems like a lot of horror films are scared of like dramatic stuff, like where they're too worried about making it funny, which there's a lot of humor in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it's serious, it's serious. And like that was that whole scene and the aftermath was pretty heavy. And, and other than this is pre Stephen King. So you didn't, other than Disney movies, you didn't see a lot of kids dying or the, or the parents dying. Sure. So professor, before we get off the first film, can you <laughs> tell us about your annual viewing uh experience for jaws i'm big on traditions uh you know with some people seasons are a feeling and it's there you know they don't get that much into it but for me every single year on the fourth of july i like to get a mess of seafood from red lobster and watch jaws at a minimum and then if i want to dive into the sequels it just depends on the year. A lot of times I watch Zodiac with it too. But I get a <laughs> just a mountain of seafood. And here's the thing. We're in Indiana. Uh, seafood is not the cheapest and it's not the best. And so I typically just uh, don't tap into that a lot because it's a waste of money. Like it's just not right. as good and it's pricey. But that's, that's my big treat. So on the 4th of July, I will get a shit ton of seafood <laughs> and watch Jaws. And it works out well every year. So... If you're inspired, try it out and sound off and let me know what you think. I think you'll enjoy it. You're leaving out one part, though. What's that? You've got that shark head on a stick <laughs> with like that little trigger at the bottom this, where it snaps. This is fake news. And uh, when the, the shark's attacking people, you bite your leg. I feel like I'm being mocked, but that's okay because I know it's the shit. I even go so far as to put burn like candles or put in uh, melts that smell like the beach. I go that, I'm all in on I thought you were going to say that smell like fish. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite that far. Uh, One thing I do want to mention before we go on to the next is that since we last recorded, I met Carl Gottlieb in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And he was awesome. Yeah. Um, He is not only one of the assistants around the mayor. I I can't remember what his actual job is in the movie, like if he runs the newspaper. Yes. But he's with Murray Hamilton and has a few speaking lines. He was involved all throughout the franchise with writing. Right. And he wrote uh, the Jaws log. And if you are interested in making a movie or just in the making of movies, buy it. It is fascinating. He documents all that they went through and all the adversity and the solutions that they came up with. And it's actually a page turner. Usually stuff like that's kind of a little technical and not the easiest read. His is great. So, Check that out. But I had met I had met him since we recorded last, and he uh, he offered me a gummy shark, and I sat and ate a gummy shark with him at his table. So that was real life. Nice. And All we right. sat in on that panel. Yes. At Days of the Dead Chicago. Yep. They also had the I can't remember. It was name. the director of three, um, uh, Joe Alves. Yeah. Which he was he was production designer Chrissy, of Jaws. The, uh, Chrissy Beck, Beckline, Beckline that played the, the victim swimmer. from the beginning. The, yeah. she Susan was Susan Beckline. That was cool. So cool. 
I will say uh, one little thing is I'm kind of curious because as, as much as Jaws took off, if Peter Benchley, because <clears throat> since he made uh, the book, he got more into sharks and I, he kind of realized that sharks aren't the things that, that the movies depict. <clears throat> so he did write The Deep and a couple other like... He wrote kinda, called The Beast, didn't he? Um, I think that was a movie that was written by him, okay, but yeah. like The Deep, The Island... Um, I'm just curious, like if he would have kept on and like, maybe he did like the sequel. Um, but at that point he actually did a, a book called shark trouble, which is about him like really learning about like the truth about sharks, because when Jaws came out, they, they were like just slaughtering great whites and he felt like a big part of it. And I think until his death, like he actually like tried to do a lot of, uh, like preserving great white sharks. So I think after sell out. After that, I don't think he wanted to be uh, much involved with uh, any new work from Jaws. So, right on. Good times. Cool. Shall we move on? We shall. Jaws two. Bruce Boogaloo. <laughs> nope, I wasn't going to do it. I was waiting on. You're it. all waiting on me. I was waiting on. It. <laughs> but I wasn't going to do it. Um, my opinion has not changed much about Jaws oh. two. Jaws two is probably my least favorite. Of the franchise, so that's where I sit. Todd's booing me. What's your least favorite? Well, we're not there yet. Oh, okay. So tell me, Sassy. tell me about how you like the Jaws remake. Okay, it's not a remake at all. <laughs> um, I, I like Jaws too, so I like the Jaws franchise. If I'm being honest. Well, we know you're going to say that. Yeah. Like, because you like all franchises. Yeah. Well, but you usually. Have to pick one movie in the franchise that was your least favorite. Yeah, that's coming up. Okay. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. not oh, whatever. There. It's not everyone's go-to. Because I don't have to be told what I, to dislike. But. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jaws, because Jaws two is famously the claws disliked. are out. Um, I don't think Jaws two is that famously like. I remember Jaws 2. It's, it's not famously disliked. That's why I'm picking on th- This is uh, the crazy thing, and this is weird to say, but as a kid, I felt like I saw more viewings of Jaws 2. Because, again... It was probably cheaper to get. By well, the yeah, TV, TV and stuff. They were playing Jaws 2 all the time. And, again, I don't remember the first viewing. It's just I've always seen the first couple Jaws movies. Um, I think something that, as a kid, I liked better was that it involved a lot of kids instead of, like, the grown adults on the boat. Which is probably what makes it a little bit cheesier compared to the first one. And though the first one's a masterpiece and two is not. And it's hard to make a sequel to things like that. Two is a slasher movie. It really, it, you know, the, it's a larger body count. Uh, it's teenagers. It's over the top kills. It, it is a slasher <laughs> movie. Yep, dwindling them down as the film mm-hmm. goes on. Which uh, I think on the other podcast you discussed how uh, one of you guys were talking about how they could have cashed in with the... Uh, Kind of like Jason Voorhees, where the shark could have, like, after they smoke pot or have sex, it could wait for them to get in the water. And, you know, I, I, I think by the third film, though, it should have been, uh, they should have followed Creature and it should have been Jaws Walks Among Us. I like. <laughs> Having been a blazer. For, I like for two that we have brought back our main character. Not by his choice, but I do like that. I do like that they've brought him, they brought him back. It makes it feel cohesive. Um, the kills are immediately way more over the top. Was straight out of the gate with this movie. Um, 
somehow the mayor is a bigger prick in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, than he was in the first it's one. Like this fucker yeah. keeps knocking his head in between films and forgetting what's happening. Uh, it's I'm waiting on Doctor Loomis to tell him that <laughs> the shark is back. You know, Martin's um, not a shark. Suck my ass, mayor. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. this this is not a great sequel. This barely holds a candle to the first film, but because they have Roy Scheider back, it feels like an extension of that first one. Uh, the way it's filmed, it this feels like same universe. You know what? Does that make sense? Sure. Feels like same universe. It doesn't look drastically cheaper or different. No. This but one, but I like this, I said... Did this one cost more to make, It's actually? definitely a slasher movie. It's definitely a slasher movie. Um, we already start seeing way more of the shark. And... The death at the end is absolutely absurd for the for the shark. It's just absurd. Yep. Uh, but I don't hate this movie. Part of revisits are for updates, and I would like to update my opinion on that. Uh, I rewatched the film before I re-listened to our episode and cursed it myself while driving, <laughs> where I talked about how I thought that it was you know kind of metal watching the shark bite the 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 power line. Uh-huh. Now it's bad. It's I, it's not good. I, I would like to, I have no problem admitting so when I'm when I'm wrong. I'm gonna go back on that. That was a piss poor. So it, it is yeah. it's cheesy, but I, I wonder when you watch the Jaws sequels, they almost do have the universal vibe, like the old classic films. Right. So like this uh, this one is this one's yeah. Bride of Jaws. Yeah. Because if you read the, <laughs> if you read the book, I'm not even kidding. In the book, when she uh, I think in the movie it starts where the orca's underwater and that's where the shark is. She goes to Amityville and has a flashback of being raped a few years prior. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Read the book. Uh, well, she's carrying the two uh, two babies. <laughs> the, in whole, the whole cast just got the stink face. By the way, I think I'm good. So, uh, so it's by a, the shark. So Bruce Jaws shark rapes uh, rapes the shark from two. Yeah, yeah it's a shark rape. Oh, oh shut up! Are you kidding me? Around. He's serious. Yeah, that's what's in the book. It's, it's in the book. Oh, I'm, stop! Can't, I can't make it up. Uh, the coolest thing in the book is instead of having all the teens go out for whatever, I'm they actually have a, jokes right now. they actually have like a race going on and, and there's even more kills in the book. And also like the mafia Charles thing carries over. Best. Sure. <laughs> but, um, I just completely lost after that. Where I'll you, tell you this. Top, uh, shark raping, but the one girl, oh, the, the month, the killing at the end. Reminds me of like a uh, like like Frankenstein. We belong stuff. dead is what the shark's original line was before yeah. he did it. Jaws two, no consent boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait wait till we get to four. Uh, there was the one girl who yeah. was in hysterics on the boat. By the end of it, I was rooting for the shark. Yeah, it's like bite this. <laughs> she was the off. worst. You, do you uh, re- that scene alone? Do you realize if she probably wouldn't have said shit and Eddie would have just stayed still? He probably would have lived. Instead, she's like, swim fast, Eddie. There's a shark. Uh, I don't know. This one still has kind of like the action adventure, and there's cool scenes. And I actually like that they showed the shark more. Because if they tried to do what they did in the first movie, the, 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 the first movie is a masterpiece. The second one, it can't hold a candle. No. It can't. But it's, it, I can't say it's a, it's a good sequel for being a sequel, it's just not a good sequel. I am never. Draws. Here's the thing, though. I am never going to be sitting there one day on my couch and go, "It's like I'm gonna pop in Jaws two. Never ever. That's ever, never ever. going to. Oh, happen. I watch well, Jaws two all the time. No one has ever done that. You go. 
I'm done with Jaws. That was a lot of fun. Oh, you might watch Jaws sequel. You watch Jaws 2 first. I get it. Now, here's the thing. Jaws 2, to their credit, threw a lot of money at that. There is effort there. So it's not just a cash grab. And this is before the slasher craze. I mean, so we're not trying to just fill seats with a god-awful movie to make money. But its problem is that it's too long. It is too it long is of a ridiculous. movie. It is excruciating. It is. I think it's two hours. That's way too long for this film. We already had a great experience with the first. We just want to revisit the parts of that we like. And I also think it's other thing that it suffers from besides the ending that we talked about is that we have the kids stranded for too long. There needs to be more of an adventurous experience on the water that where we're kind of dancing around the problem before we lead into that. It kind of drags on because with the first one, we have three men out at sea and we don't deal with them being in up shit creek until the very end. Right. And I think that it kind of bogs that down. And I think those are the biggest problems with it. At the same time, this movie could have been infinitely way worse. There's still a Guaranteed. lot of effort put into it. So it's not like you're going to put it in and watch an abysmal sequel. It's just those are the complaints for me. It's just mm-hmm. too damn long. It's not interesting enough to run two hours. Right. That's just kind of my No, I agree with it. you. I think another strong point of, of what they did for this movie was was bringing back not only Schreider, but a lot of the other, like Lorraine Gary and a lot of the other main no, actors. But I agree, because it, it makes it feel like an extension yeah, you're of one. back into what and, you yes. liked. And I know that, uh, I, I'm blank on the mayor's name right now, the actor, but his wife, I think, was uh, sick with cancer or something, so his scenes were rushed. Because uh, I think as much as he's a prick, it would have been kind of better to see more of, of him in the film, too. Um the only weird thing is, is uh, I, I know they did this with Back to the Future where they filmed a lot of movie and then shit canned it and replaced it. I never realized they did this with Jaws 2, that they actually filmed a lot of Jaws 2 where it was like Amityville was a ghost town because of the events of one. It was really dark, weird in tone, and they were like, we hate it and canned it and brought in the new director and a lot of the uh, different actors. Um so it is probably hot garbage, but just out of curiosity, like I'm sure it's been thrown in the trash at this right. point. But, um, but kind of like the Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz, it's just it's kind of neat to see. Uh, had they did Eric Stoltz and Back to the Future, it Back to the Future would have been a flop. But it's just still interesting to see after some time has passed. Uh, kind of like the what could have been. It's always nice to peer into an alternate universe. Sure, you know. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Jaws 2. On to Jaws 3. Word up. Deets. Uh, so, I don't think we gave uh, Deets. I think these run about three years apart. So, 75, 2 was 78, uh, 3 was 83, uh, and was right in the 3D craze. So, we get Jaws 3D. Uh, this one, as we mentioned before, is directed by Joe Alves. Al- I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. But he's uh, known for being a production designer, and he was a production designer of definitely one and maybe two. two. Yeah, and um, so, um, again, same writers. Um, It was mentioned on the last episode, which was that um, the the producers were working with John Hughes to do the National Lampoon's Jaws 3 People Zero. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a fun movie to make now, not connected to the Jaws, just to be silly, but... 
Um, good choice on, I hate saying that Jaws 3D was the better choice, but that would have been really dumb for them to make. Yeah. We also um, had Richard Matheson. Yeah. So Richard Matheson, uh, co-wrote this one. Um, this is, uh, this is the only one that doesn't have Amityville. Um, uh, so Amity Island's gone. Not Amityville. Sorry. That's a different, different house. Uh, somewhere even worse. Florida. <laughs> Florida. Um, you, you mentioned it before and I, I'm not going to lie. Every time I watch three as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck is SeaWorld thinking? That's my like, first note. It's crazy it's that they allowed that to happen. Thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that documentary helped expose that. <laughs> so, uh, just to go around, though, on thoughts. Uh, so, 3 is probably the one that I remember when I watched it. Because it, it aired on HBO. I can't even... I was, I was. It's 83. I was young. So, HBO probably got it 84, 85. I remember watching the scene where, uh, which makes no sense, but the, the guys are diving for some stupid reason and their, their, uh, inflatable boat gets taken down by Jaws. And I remember my sister telling me I had to go upstairs and take a bath. And then I'm just like, no, because even, uh, again, like the Jaws movies were so, so much that watching it, I was like, uh, not going to survive bath time, but um, this is the one I really wish I could have seen in the theater. Not because it's a great film, but I would love to see Jaws 3D in the theater. Uh, this, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, this movie is very Creature from the Black Lagoon, Revenge of the Creature. Very much so, with it taking place in the aquatic theme park and all that kind of thing. I like that aspect of it. I will say that a thing that I find completely unnecessary with this movie is I do not think it was necessary to have the Brody brothers in this. Number one, I don't find the characters believable as the Brody brothers. And I just don't think that we needed that thread to the other two movies. And I think you should have just went to a different location with different characters. Well, and, and, and this movie too. So again, they were, they were kicking around the, the Jaws 3 movie. This was not Jaws. This was another movie, and they incorporated that it. about right. So I think that's where the Brody brothers came in, is they were just like, what's the easiest way to connect Jaws? Uh, Roy Sh uh, Scheider at this point, I think, was like, it would be a cold day in hell before I'd ever come back. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. So... <laughs> I like it. He's straight to the point. I like the sound when they open the plexiglass on the submarine, and it sounds like it's airlocked. It's like, oh, come on. Um, I, I will say, though, uh, not my initial thoughts, but to me, Jaws 3 is the worst in the series. I, Go fly a kite. I think it's bad compared especially to the first movie, uh, but somehow they made it fun. I think that I would really enjoy watching it in 3D the way it was intended because without it being in 3D, some of that matte stuff looks absolutely terrible. Uh, I forget how cute Leah Thompson was until I watch movies like this. Um, the two, the, of course, there's that that underwater tube, that clear tube that <laughs> everybody, if you've ever been to an aquarium, I was at I was in Florida. Last month, and we were at an aquarium that had one of those underwater clear tubes. Did you panic? And that, but that's <laughs> the first thing you think of when you're in it, you know, is, yep. oh, man. But I... That big loaf of bread's coming to get you. I have... <laughs> I have fun with three, 
I don't think it's good as far as cinema goes, but it's fun enough that I'm going to watch this more than I'm going to watch two. Right. Yeah. I say the worst of the series, but I watch this all the time. When I say worst, I still watch it way more than I probably should. When you say all the time, define that. Like at least once a year. Once a day. I was going to say, when I say watch something all the time. I am obsessed with the Jaws franchise. (laughs) I think about being in high school and watching Friday every weekend. That's what I am about. Lost my job over it. Love these movies. (laughs) Um. Yes, Vinny, I agree with your sentiment that Jaws 2 is a better made film and a better film all around, but Jaws 3 is a more entertaining Especially when you look at it as a series. 3 does not feel like it is part of the same world as those other two. So so if you think about it, Jaws, I I, I don't know what what it was intended to be, but if you think about it, Jaws 3 was one of the, like, all the movies they were, the cash grab movies, the faux busters of Jaws. It clearly was probably Big Fish in the and in, in SeaWorld Part Three, and they're like, "It's Jaws Three now." So, yeah. which which again makes sense. It, it wasn't. Uh, it's weird that you got some of the original writers, and I think all they did was tweak it with like, "Well, we put the Brody's brothers in here, and and Flipper, and a couple <laughs> dolphins, and like, yeah, you know what will draw people to our theme park." Terrifying people about I, going to the I think, I think theme park. Three might have been the one that was mentioned where um, the Friday the 13th craze, which makes sense because it is weird that they have all these kids and there's not a. Uh, at this point, they should have just said, F it, rated R, and just yep. tearing kids up. Yeah, I mean, really, I think that's where they missed the boat on this one. Uh, I agree. Missed the boat. <laughs> Uh, when I think of the dolphin helpers, I know Professor will get this joke. When I think of the dolphin helpers, I think of uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. <laughs> he goes, I'm about goddamn tired of these dolphins. <laughs> uh, so, I watched this one. Um, I revisited it uh, at least a couple times uh, since the last episode. But Carrie, my wife, had never seen it. And so, we watched it about two months ago. And I thought, boy... This is going to be the time. This is going to be the time that it loses its magic and I lose. I thought you were going to say this is the time she got up and walked out of me and never came back. Well, that too. (laughs) I was worried about that. But I also thought this is the time that this loses its magic and I go, boy, Jaws 3 is a piece of shit. And I watched it and I went, nope, still love it. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) It's not a a good movie. It's not a good movie. I'm going to say that. But it's still fun. Here's the thing. My complaint, and this goes back to the when we recorded the first time, my complaint with this has always been, it's not really about disparaging part three. It's I don't understand, and we'll get to this, the piling on of part four to where we have shoved this up around like Troll 2. It's nonsense. Because if you look at these two films, look at look at the, the shark coming towards that glass. <laughs> and tell me... <laughs> about filmmaking and how desperately different the quality of these two films are. They're not. For me, part three does what it needs to do. It's 1983. We're wanting to make a third Jaws movie. Let's incorporate some teenagers. My only thing, and it's not a complaint, the thing I notice about it is that we are more interested in what's going on at the park than we are with the shark. The shark. That's that's true. Is 
and you are a poet and didn't know it. <laughs> yes. And so, and that's really the only thing that I, I really kind of pay attention to about this film is that with the other ones, there's kind of this uh, solemn attitude about the shark that's terrorizing wherever we are. And that's, that's not the case in part three. It's more about like, young hope, how can we figure this out? The only thing I have to say is that ending when we freeze with the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> at the very end of the film. Does it anger you? Can we please not act like that's not a part of this movie? <laughs> what in the actual hell is that? <laughs> but but past that, it's a, it's a fun enough cast with young talent. I think Quaid and uh, Leah Thompson were dating at the time, maybe, mm-hmm. or after that. That's cute. But it, it's a fun enough movie. It's a part three. It does its job. Um, so I really don't have any hot takes on it. It's just... It did what it set out to do. It's fun. It's kind of forgettable, but it's not. They a were bad who we movie. thought they were. Yeah, it's just and it by that by that point when I'm watching part three, it does its job. Yeah. Two and three are kind of neck and neck for me. Okay. With with what, what I, I, they I set think, out to I think accomplish. for for me, th- three sets a tone with uh, the realization that it was a baby shark, and she's like. The mom was in the park. Though and it's just, I forget what she says, but it's in that it's just ridiculous. Uh, to three's credit, it also isn't three hours long, which helps its case. It is shorter, um, and it does have the nice cool. Uh, it has the inside the shark uh, camera. That which was weird, I thought. <laughs> and I do like a. I do like. I love how genuinely troubled you are. Instead right of <laughs> instead instead of the the mayor, we get Lou Gossip Jr., who's just like y'all a bunch of money mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I make money mouths. Um. <laughs> yeah, Jaws three. It's fun. It's ridiculous. I really. I, this. I, they all, all the movies they re-release though. I really wish they would do the early eighties, like Friday the Thirteenth three D, Amityville three D. This would be so fun to go see in the theater. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun to do. Uh, and I'm sure that was a big appeal, too, is to go. I, I remember uh, people complaining that they had headaches from the 3D. But it'd still be fun to go see these uh, films as they were coming out, which I was just a little too young. Yeah. Um, if we're done with Jaws 3, I want to make a good segue here. Okay. All right. So the best segues are when you say... I'm going to make a segue. <laughs> uh, but uh, to, to piggyback off of Professor's comment, uh, just the the downright humor that Jaws 3 gets so much more respect than Jaws 4 is laughable. Yeah. Uh, especially since, as you said, Jaws 4 has been you know elevated to like Troll 2 status. Yeah. Uh, as we go into Jaws 4, I also... After showing Carrie Jaws four, um, and rewatching Jaws four again, and thinking this is a pretty fun movie too, right? If we're looking at the entire narrative overall, Jaws three is definitely the stepchild. Like Jaws, 4, it's the Halloween three. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Jaws four fits a Jaws franchise narrative. It does better than Jaws three it ever does. could. There's a classic horror film board uh, message thread where I got eviscerated. I'm talking about ripped apart by like 40 or 50 different strangers on this very topic because I pointed this out and they did not agree. 
uh, people get very passionate about their hatred for part four. Uh, but my argument, as were as your very smooth segue led us there, my argument for this is this brings the horror, straight horror, more than any movie in the franchise did. They are more set out on on the tropes of horror films than any of the rest of them. Because all of the rest of them have elements of adventure and relationships and all that. This is, for the most part, trying to just bring it. And a lot of it's ridiculous. It's not a great movie by any means. No. But my argument has always been, why is this buried so far deeper beneath part three? I'll compare this... I'll, I'm gonna not going to compare it to three. I'm going to compare it to one and two. The reason I feel like this movie is so much weaker than those first two films... Than part two. Is you don't have an actor like Roy Scheider. Well, yeah. But you in don't fairness, want... this is not a bunch of teenagers. You have Michael Caine and Lance Guest, for starters, who are already established. Michael Caine is good, but Michael Caine is relegated to a very supportive role. Your lead role in this movie is who? Lorraine Gary. Lorraine Gary. And Lance Guest. Who's not a great actress. Well, she, her husband not to be carrying her husband was running Universal film. Studios, but she really isn't carrying the entire film. She this was the she was the Lance worst Guest. actor in Jaws, and now you put her in damn near the lead role in Part Four. Damn near, but not quite. I mean, with uh, a huge portion of this movie is spent out on the boat with her son, which is a a reoccurring character from the franchise. It is. In it is an experienced actor in Lance Guest. I Listen, just get the, the real lead, the best actor in this whole movie, is Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> I can't defend his accent. <laughs> no, that's, I was being facetious. Yeah, the guys, that's not too hard on Lorraine Gary because <laughs> Mario Van Peebles, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I saying. will give you though. Lorraine Gary has some pretty rough moments. Yes, she does. Yeah, get out of the water. Yeah, she I, had, for for you to put your eggs in that basket. But here's I'm glad she's back, and I respect that. Here's the thing: I'm not gonna poo-poo anything you guys have to say that's disparaging about the movie. My argument has just always been that is not so far away from other movies. I'll agree with you; it had. feels more cohesive to the first two movies than three does. And I will agree with you on that. My point. thing is, I think the shark is more terrifying in this than any of the other films. Hmm. Like, actually, visually, right in front it, of it even has like a, It even has, like, a scar, which is because its sister ate its, ate its face now, in the womb the, in part two. Now, the narrative and the storyline decisions... <laughs> also I in the novels. But the I wonder why attacks. they scarred the shark's face like that. Yeah, Read the novels no for, for funness. Shark rape. Also, also in the novel of four is the shark is being controlled by voodoo. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to go there. Can't defend that. Uh, Michael Caine is a drug smuggler. I'm feeling weak right Michael now. Michael Caine. Yeah, okay. Michael Caine is selling cocaine. Uh, the voodoo is so strong that uh, they steal the daughter's pail, so she's being hypnotized out to sea to, to Jaws waiting with his mouth open. Read the novel. No. So, uh, ja so Jaws 4 is the only one that, other than, like, obviously Jaws 3 was re-released and I saw it then, but Jaws 4 actually got to see in the theater, and I also got to see before they chopped the ending, 
where the boat stabs the shark instead of it blowing up. And also Mario Van Peebles died and didn't come back. Uh, you guys shit all over this in the last episode that you did on this, but I actually like the scene that's a callback to the first Jaws where the kid is imitating the dad. I actually like that as a callback. You guys doo-dooed all Did over we? it. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't get. I didn't revisit that part of the episode. Oh, like yeah. I, I actually really like four. It's it is it's quirky and weird, but as Ryan said, as a horror film, because people hate the like weird psychic connection, but it's more horrific than the. I mean, is it unrealistic? The yes, psychic thing doesn't but, matter. That's always my argument with this. Like people like to dwell on that. It doesn't matter. Like. I, for entertainment's sake, who cares if the shark is coming down from Massachusetts or if it <laughs> swam out from fifteen it took a miles away? Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't play into the narrative and the way it plays out. But the way that they put the thing on its heartbeat and the pulse with it, that is horror. The blood that they throw around when he attacks on Mario Van Peebles, which he survives. <laughs> hey, Can't that. I look the original ending though he didn't survive. I'm just going to throw this out here. Hot take. It's not a better movie in any capacity, but I watched this sequel more than the others. I am watching one and three. I could go the rest of my life without two and four. Four was on TV all the time, yeah. and that's why. That's part of my affection for it. Like, I think they're all, they're all very entertaining. Um, very? I Yeah. All right. Like I think, I think, yeah, I think three and four are fun. I don't think four is fun. Yeah, I, I think four is the worst of the franchise. No, I, I enjoy four. Um, and you there's, just need to get down and dance with them in that so, celebration. Uh, so also all the uh, all the all the cool Loser. things, all the cool things they really try to bring back in, <laughs> down to even even when someone Mike Brody dies, <laughs> which uh, also this My is jelly the dog one, Jaws also happened. Uh, four is at Christmas time to New Year's, but. Uh, when Mark, That's Mark, a Christmas movie, dog. So it's not Mike Brody, but uh, Sean Brody. When Sean Brody dies, they're at the scene at the funeral. They have uh, Miss Kittner. They have uh, two or three people from Jaws, one and two. Yeah, three. Yeah. Um, that They're bringing back Lorraine Gary. Um, I felt like it was better actors for, for the Brody brothers. I, I That's really weird to say, but Dennis Quaid wasn't that great in three. Uh, Dennis Quaid does a great job of playing Dennis Quaid. Sure, <laughs> y'all always ever, does. Y'all ever seen Enemy Minds? Okay. Ooh, call closed. back to Lewis Gossett tells us. But uh, also the fact that that Jaws, uh, the the stories that Jaws is based on, was that you know a shark was where it's not supposed to be. So the fact that a great white New England, yeah, the turn of the century. So uh, the fact that a great white is uh, hanging around in the Bahamas where it's not supposed to be again, it kind of a throwback to the first movie and what they're based on. I thought the shark looked good. the The weird thing is, is there's not um, there's two people that die in this movie, three if you watch the one where Mario Van Peebles doesn't make it. Uh, so there could have been a larger body count and stuff, but I, I enjoy four. Yeah, I have a person, just personal fondness for it. I know it's not a great movie. I just like to defend it that it's not that bad. No. So when people say, though, uh, which usually, as weird as it is, it's Jaws. It's not really these movies I see. It's actually films like The Exorcist where people are like, worst movie I've ever seen. If you say that to me, you've never seen yeah, a bad I, movie. I just, you need to watch more movies. Uh, you need to sit your ass down. <laughs> yeah, loser. <laughs> 
<sighs> Have you seen The Hills Run Red? Good times. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you like which do you like better, Eddie of the Jaws or Hills Run Red? <laughs> Isn't it time for y'all to head back to Richmond? <laughs> Just chill out. Uh, did we share the quote from Michael Caine on the original episode? I can't remember. Yes. Bring it back. Let's revisit it. Uh, he says, I've never seen in, re- in reference to part four, the revenge that we've uh, just finished discussing. He says, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the house it built. and It's very nice. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. Can you also really quickly share the story of, uh, uh, the Alex Kittner special? Uh, that was co-host Chad Mann that shared that. Oh, I can't remember. I remember he telling had, him about it. He though. had, uh, I think it was, uh, it's like a meat sandwich that was served called the Alex Kittner special. And the mother the from the movie, the yeah. uh, came into the restaurant, not knowing any of that, just saw the sandwich and said, what the hell? Yeah. And out comes the boy who played Alex Kittner, who had a restaurant and said, that was me. Yeah. And they met there in the mm-hmm. restaurant. Cool story. Can we talk about the coolest thing of Jaws the Revenge? Is the Nintendo game that they came out with. <laughs> Did you guys ever play that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, to this Those day, I, to this day, cannot beat that goddamn stupid game, and it makes me so mad. Sometimes we we need to just, uh, we need to get a lot of booze and play all the horror games. Uh, what? We're not even a night, some day. Because we're never going to beat Friday the 13th. We're never going to beat Jaws the Revenge. But people we have done it. I've seen it on YouTube. But I will say, as as cheesy as that game was, uh, the Jaws Unleashed for PlayStation (laughs) Two, that game is like that game is pretty fun. So uh, uh, Jaws Unleashed is a continuation to the films to where uh, uh, I think Brody's uh, grandchild, somebody Brody is in it. Uh, Hooper's grandson is like or son is in it, and uh, you even there's even a segment where you're in SeaWorld and you tear shit up. Uh, Before we close out i think i I think we should bring up the animated series where uh jaws was part of a band and had the voice (laughs) of curly howard uh robert's never seen tv so (laughs) went over his head i was gonna write there was uh early apps there were games for your iphone that were jaws and jaws revenge um, and I had them, but I just went to see if they were still available because a lot of stuff isn't keeping up over the years. They're not updating them to be available with the operating system, and they're not available. So I don't want to tell you to download Jaws and Jaws Revenge for your iPhone because they're not there anymore. Huh. I will say, though, um, the Reaction figure line came out with some Jaws figures, and yeah. they had a shark, and the shark was cool. But then if you get the Comic-Con exclusive, you get the shark with Quint. In its mouth, yes, and it's killer. I, I love. Awesome. Uh, I, I think Jaws is always going to have love for it, but I love the uh, all the cool stuff that's been coming out lately for Jaws. So like the board game and mm-hmm. uh, like all uh, all the Target's cool got toys a whole and... clothing line they're carrying this really? summer. Yeah, like tank tops and stuff. Walmart has a tank top of the original Jaws poster. It's good sweet. times. Sweet. Uh, have have any of you ever seen Cruel Jaws, or as it's known overseas, Jaws Five? It's ridiculous. I want to see that movie it's so bad, so Cruel bad. Summer. Because so so it's they just use footage from was, Jaws, which is why you can't find the movie because of course they right. illegally done it. Uh, so they they have shots of Jaws, but I need to see it. And you shall. 
Right on. Good times. Uh, lots of fun Jaws stuff. Uh, it's created a lot of, you know, things that just add to the collective of the pop culture conscience. Definitely. Right? So it's just, even people who haven't seen Jaws more than once know Jaws in and out pretty well. Certainly. All right. Uh, you know, the first one inspired a whole generation of filmmakers. I know we talked about that originally, but it's true. Absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts on Jaws? Yeah, let's head over to Benny's watch part two. <laughs> Nothing else. Negatory, <laughs> <laughs> good buddy. All right. Wrapping it up. Another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast, revisiting the Jaws franchise. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Benny, Hot Toddy. Stay scary. Smile, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm.